Welcome to the sermon podcast of Gamble Street Baptist Church, Fort Worth, Texas. Gamble Street Baptist Church has been sharing the gospel for over 100 years. This podcast includes sermons from our traditional Sunday morning service and our contemporary services on Sunday evenings. We hope God speaks to you through this sermon. Good afternoon, everyone. If y'all remember, uh, all of Ephesians 4 so far has been going through the unity uh, that we have in the body of Christ. Um, that unity is through the... Did I lose my microphone? Okay. That unity is through the uh, same Lord, one Lord, one baptism, one spirit, one church. I don't know if that's in that, but it's all the case. One body is what we are as Christians who have been called and justified and predestined to this faith that we all share. But in verse 7... Um, in chapter 4, verse 7, Paul switches gears a little bit and starts describing a, a diversity that we see in the church. Uh, let's read verse 7 with me. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also descended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. So let's go through this bit by bit. So it starts out with this, but grace was given to each one of us. Um, you notice the one showing up there in verse in the first part of chapter four, we had the one spirit, one baptism, one Lord. Now to each one of us, now we're individual, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So this evolution of this discussion of unity introduces this concept of, of diversity. Uh, so we have been given this grace, each one of us have, have been given some measure of this grace in accordance with Christ's will. But what is that grace? Because it, some might say that it would be salvation or something like the Holy Spirit, but the, this measure in accordance with Christ's will that shows up there seems to indicate that there is an amount or a degree to which this grace is given. So it can't be salvation because that's given in whole at the moment of salvation, or the Holy Spirit, which is given, and then we have it. It's not like we have more or less of the Spirit, though there's people that disagree. So, moving on to verse 8. Uh, when Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and gave gifts to men, is quoting Psalm 68. Uh, you see that... Paul is changing a little, if you read Psalm 68, though the wording is a, is a little different, Paul, it seems to be changing a little bit of that to emphasize an aspect of this giving. So the commentary or commentators I listened to were talking about how in the psalm, God is a victory psalm, so God has been victorious over these people, and he's receiving, normally you would receive like spoils of war, but 
Paul is interpreting this to be gifts towards men. So what God is receiving, he just gives back to man. And all of this ties in. The only one who could descend, ascend is the one who descended. And that, of course, gets into later. So Paul relates all of the psalm back to Christ and how Christ is giving something uh, after his ascension. So what... So this giving, this gift referred to in verse 7, is related to Christ's ascension. And that's a key feature later on, but we'll, we'll get on to that after the aside here that Paul gives um, with, uh, I think it's verse 8, I didn't write it down. But in saying he ascended, what does it mean, but that's no, verse 9 or 10. In saying he ascended, what does it mean, but that he had also descended into the lower regions parenthetical, of the earth. He, descend, of descend, he who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. So the translation of the lower regions, the earth, as the ESV puts it, or lower regions of the earth, as some others put it, is a scholastically challenging interpretation and translation. And there are three normal views that you'll see come up when you look at the evaluation of this passage. and They're all orthodox. They're all fine understandings of the passage. So I'm going to go through a brief or overview of all of the views so that we get, a, get an idea of how to interpret this verse further on. So the first that many people will say is something like uh, the Christ's descending to the earth, to the lower regions of the earth, is him is referring to Christ's burial. So Christ is buried under the earth. You might translate that. Descended to the lower regions under the earth or something like that. And that is referring to his burial and then his resurrection and then his ascension after the fact. Um, I think that's fine. I think it misses some of the larger context of the verse, though. The second common interpretation is that um, the lower regions are referring to Sheol, or Hades or Gehenna, um, where the lower regions of the earth there is describing below, under, in a metaphorical sense, the old, uh, the uh, place of the dead. So Christ descended into the place of the dead and then ascended out of that after, descended after his death and burial, ascended out of that and taking with him captives would refer to the Old Testament saints in this interpretation. So Christ goes down, preaches to the dead, note the Apostles' Creed, I think, right? <laughs> and then uh, ascends to heaven with the New Test Old Testament saints, and therefore we have that interpretation. The main benefit of this, I see, is that it does account for those captives. Uh, the other... The other interpretations don't seem to have a good explanation for who the captives are other than saying that the captives are the church, which is an interpretation, but I think it has some linguistic challenges there. The third option is to say that the lower regions of the earth is just referring to the earth. So the lower regions of the earth would be like the, uh, a body of water using that of there, the body of water isn't a part of the water. The water is describing what the body is. So the lower regions of the earth would be described as the earth is describing the lower regions. 
so the lower regions are the earth. So Christ descended to the earth, performed his earthly ministry, and ascended after the resurrection. The sources I used said that there were Greek linguistic reasons to prefer the third. I have to rely on them, so I think that's fine. Um, that's the one I go with, but like I said, they're all orthodox, and honestly, it's not the purpose of this passage. Paul's purpose in uh, putting this parenthetical passage in there, I think, is more to focus on Christ being the individual who descended and ascended. So it's the same Christ that came down. It's the same Christ that went up. Christ is God. It's a, it's a divinity passage in, in a sense that Christ descended and ascended after his earthly ministry. So at the end of this verse, you see that that adds in this little, that he might fill all things. And if you remember from my last time I preached, I preached on Ephesians 1, 19 through 23. So that should sound pretty familiar because that's the passage about Christ's ascension and glorification and how he fills all in all via his body, which is the church. I think the same thing is being said here. So Christ's ascension is tied to somehow his filling or his filling all in all through the body of Christ. Uh, how does that work together? Um, and so what we have here from the first part is that there is something tied to Christ's ascension that empowers as a gift all believers to a varying degree, but that also empowers the church to do Christ's will now so that he can fill all in all. And what does that sound like? That sounds like spiritual gifts, right? The Holy Spirit has come post-ascension. If you look at John 16, Jesus said to the disciples that he had to leave so that the advocate or the paraclete could come, and that was for their benefit. So there we have Christ's ascension is prior to the coming of the Holy Spirit so that he can empower the church. So we have this picture building up to verse 11 of this thing that is empowering the church to do other things, uh, to, to do the will of Christ, is the Holy Spirit giving spiritual gifts. And so naturally, in verse 11, we have the somewhat infamous third gifts list of uh, Ephesians 4.11. As, as a parenthetical disclaimer, I personally do not think this is listing spiritual gifts, but vocations. What's the distinction there? I would say that vocations are opportunities for the spiritual gifts to be demonstrated, but are not necessarily spiritual gifts in and of themselves. So let's read the passage and I'll explain more. Uh, read with me there at verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. So these prophets, prophets um, apostles, and shepherd teachers, referring to one thing, all have a spiritual gift listed in either Romans 12 or 1 Corinthians 12 that correspond with that vocation. The odd one out here is evangelist. There is no other mentioning of a gift of evangelism, as far as I could find, that is explicit. So 
I would prefer to say that these are vocations in which, so for example, teaching. The vocation of a teacher in a church would be an opportunity for a person who has the gifts of teaching or the words of wisdom or exhortation to demonstrate those gifts in the setting of a church. Verse 12, for the, for the building up of the body of Christ. Same with prophecy. You would get to demonstrate your gift of prophecy, whatever that means. Or... Um, same with evangelism. I, I don't know what gifts would associate with the vocation of evangelist, but you could argue for things like words of wisdom or exhortation or mercy. The point is that I think that this is a list of ways that the Spirit has empowered ministry in the church post-ascension, post-dispensation of the Spirit. Um, so that the church can fill all in all, uh, so that Christ can fill all in all through his church. So how does this all tie in together, especially with the unity and all that we've discussed so far in Ephesians? I think that the answer is found in verse 12. So the purpose of all of these gifts, of all of the vocations, is to build up the body of Christ. All of this is uh, all of this individual diversity is all building towards a common goal of the church and accomplishing God's will in this age and with the New Testament dispensation coming about. You have that the church is now the the vehicle for that to happen. So, applying this, you would have that, take for example in, in Romans and 1 Corinthians and Ephesians 4.11, you, you have this demonstration or this example of, of what the body is. So, you have different parts, same body, multiple members, all need to work together, but differently for a body to function. If we had a church of just evangelists, we would have a very sad image of what the church is supposed to be because it's, as the next sermon will go into, it is blown around by every wind of doctrine because there's no teaching. There's no solid ground to keep it together. But if we had, if we had a church of all teachers, it'd be a very small church that would die out pretty quick because the church had to grow and it has to grow still, so we have to have someone to go out and bring that good news to, <coughs> sorry, bring that good news to new people. And that would be in the gift of evangelism. But I think every Christian also has an obligation to evangelize. Here's my water. One moment. <sighs> sorry. So the application is the same as it was with, as it would be with Romans 12. Or 1 Corinthians 12. There's a multiplicity of roles and a multiplicity of gifts, all by the wisdom of Christ in the body. And we are to work together to accomplish a common goal, which is the building up of the body and the, what, what's the wording there? It's the, uh, to equip the saints for the work of ministry and for building up the body of Christ. It's the purpose of this gifting and we should work together as a church, as a local church and as a church universal, to in all things do Christ's will. 
and work together for that purpose. So, remember the unity in Ephesians 4. One God, one faith, one baptism. But in that, don't neglect that we have a diversity and that we are to work together in that diversity. And in all things, just we need to seek for the unity of Christ because he's the thing that makes us, he's the, he's the one that gives us that common purpose. So, as an exhortation, in all things, seek to do Christ's will and pray for each other. And hopefully we work together to do Christ's will in the world around us. We see what, we see what happens when, uh, as we come to that text, use the gifts that God has given us uh, and the purpose for that, the building up of the body of Christ so that we might be able to serve him faithfully and also serve one another, but also go out into the community and reach others with the gospel of Christ. So thank you so much, Brady, for uh, that exposition of the text. If uh, you, Whether you're watching online um, or here today, we obviously have a time of invitation, so we're going to sing. And whatever God has laid on your heart, whether uh, you are feeling called to some sort of service for him, um, using the gifts that he has given you, uh, if you're a member here, and, and there are plenty of ways to serve here. So if God has laid something on your heart for you to serve in a specific way, we have uh, ministers in the back that you can talk to. And if you're watching online, there is a number that you can call and, and reach out to us at Gambrel Street. So just as we listen to the words and sing the words, um, let's just meditate on what we um, heard from God's word in Ephesians chapter 4. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Gamble Street Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. If you have questions, we would love to speak with you. Please call 817-926-1785 to speak with a minister. If you live in or will be traveling to the Fort Worth area, we would love to have you visit. Gamble Street Baptist Church has six church goals to reach the lost for Christ, to learn more about Christ, to touch the city through Christ, train leaders to serve Christ, to embrace the world with Christ, and to build strong families in Christ. Please join us for our next episode.